Hello, and welcome to episode 46 of Kindled, a podcast where women share stories of motherhood, work, and the grace we need for both. I am so excited today to be sharing a conversation that I got to have with Heather McFadden of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I've been listening to her show for years, and in this episode, Heather and I talked about so many things that I actually had trouble even titling the episode. We discussed calling versus assignment, asking before you act, trusting God rather than our own efforts, and what boldness looks like. What I have always appreciated about Heather is how down to earth she is while also really having a strong grasp on her faith in, in who she is and who God is. It always just encourages me that she's so real, but also uh, really there's evidence of God at work in her life. So before we get started with the conversation, I have a couple announcements. The first announcement is about Kindled's first birthday. I am planning an anniversary episode in which I'm going to air the stories of women who listen to the show. In order to do that, you have to actually share your story with me. So I have set it up to where you can call into um, a phone line that is a recorded voicemail. And on that voicemail, I invite you to share your story. I invite you to share your difficulties your pain, your failure and need of forgiveness, uh, your joy or your triumph or um, his victory in your life. Share with others whatever is on your heart. And I have some prompts to help you think about what you might want to share. Here's a couple of ideas. You can answer the question, how have you failed the world's or your own expectations and how does that point you back to Jesus? So what's something you've experienced that was a disappointment in the world's eyes or even in your eyes that God used for good in your life? What is God teaching you in your motherhood or work? How is he growing you or transforming your mind or empowering you? How do you take the reality of grace to heart and live in it on a daily basis? How does it change your day in the small moments? And then how have you seen your understanding of your motherhood and work change as you've grown spiritually? There's four ideas that you could speak on. Um, You don't have to do all four. Maybe just pick one and tell your story. It can be as short or as long as you want. The voicemail records for three minutes. So you have three minutes to tell um, your story. And then if you need more time, just call back and leave another message. Now, I'm going to be honest. I have not received one call yet. So I am praying for you that you would have boldness to step forward and share your share your growth, share your hard thing, share um, what God is teaching you or how you're living in grace or moment by moment, as painful or as messy as it may be. Um, you can share about a specific scenario or just in general, whatever you want to. But I believe that God asks us to speak even when we feel ill-equipped, even when we feel like we don't know what to say or how to tie things up with a nice little bow. He doesn't need us to do that work. Our job is just to show up and be faithful and he does the hard work. So I am giving you the platform. I'm handing the mic to you and saying, please join me on Kindled and tell your story. This episode is going to air February 4th, God willing, if anyone sends in any, um, anything to share. I am trusting that God will um, embolden those who need to. And yeah, that if it's, if it's supposed to happen, that it will. So uh, besides that, the other thing that I want to let you know about is our updated Patreon membership. So there's a couple new Patreon benefits and a more simplified Patreon platform. So there are now only two levels, a $5 and a $9 a month level. They are called sparklers and fireworks. Kindled, get it? Come on. This is a mom joke. But okay, so for the price of your fancy coconut milk latte and a cake pop, you can support this podcast and help keep it afloat. So I wanted to make Patreon a more exciting opportunity to get to know each other and to get to know this little community. So I developed a couple new benefits for each of those levels. So for the $5 level, you're going to receive an exclusive training um, every single month. And it's going to either have, you know, be be kind of in the realm of your work or your motherhood. Um, I will be also interviewing 
content experts and people with expertise in the areas of things like time management, balancing entrepreneurship and motherhood, parenting, and more. Sometimes it'll be me and sometimes it'll be with a guest. So this month, the training is going to be on a topic I heard from a lot of you that you wanted help on, and that is time management. So each month, there'll be a different training that you'll have exclusive access to if you're at that $5 level. And um, yeah, that's just for Patreon members only. And then if you support Kindled at the $9 fireworks level, I'm going to invite you to join my husband, Joey, and I on a monthly chat and you're welcome to bring your husband along. This conversation is going to be a place that we can get to know members of this community and offer encouragement and advice when it comes to making marriage and family and a business work. Um, We can't speak to everyone's experiences, but we can speak to ours. And really, I just want to get to know you guys better. And this is a way I can do that. So I'm really excited for that, that new opportunity and place that we're going to be able to engage with you and, and actually get to know people and faces. And so if you are interested in joining us and supporting us, you can learn more at patreon.com slash kindled podcast. Um, this podcast will always be free for you to listen to. So if that's not something you can do, or you're already supporting other podcasts or ministries, I totally understand. I still want you to keep listening. This is just an invitation to take one step further and support content that you love, um, and help it to continue on. So with that, we will jump into today's episode. Here is my conversation with Heather McFadden. Heather, thank you so much for joining us today on Kindled. I'm so happy to have you here. Well, I'm so proud of you for getting this started and getting to join you today. Yeah. It's fun to be on the other side. Yeah, I uh, I hope it is. I I was interviewed for another podcast recently, and I was like deathly terrified. And I think it, maybe because it was a business podcast and I was just like, I'm not going to have all the answers, but I was like, this is really hard actually being, being the guest. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I get that. I have that happening tomorrow for me. Um, (laughs) That's great. Um, I can be nervous about some, but this to me is fun. Good. Talking about moms and work and identity and all that. I enjoy those topics. Yeah. Well, I was telling you before we started recording that I have been listening to the don't mom alone podcast for as long as I have probably been listening to podcasts and I have loved it and just really enjoy the work that you're doing. And I'm thankful that you're being, you know, obedient in what you've been called to. So thank you for starting. How long ago did you actually start your podcast? Five years ago. Oh my gosh. So like at the birth of podcasts. (laughs) Is that true? Yeah. I mean, I, I have two friends that had podcasts and I just reached out to them and asked them to help me get started because I thought I was going to write a book and that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So I had made all this space in my life and said no to a few other things so that I could mm-hmm. write the book. And when it didn't happen, I thought, you know what, I'd rather talk. Mm-hmm. So let's see if I can chat with some mentors I have and people I know and put it out there instead of writing. Yeah. I identify with that a lot. I, um, I don't know about you personally, but I am a, I process verbally, like I totally yeah. am a, a verbal processor. And so this is, you know, this whole platform of being able to talk with people and, and engage on different topics and learn what other people are thinking and then kind of figure out what I'm thinking, you know, all at the same time has been virtually like a therapy session for me um, in a yeah. lot of senses. So I don't yeah. know if, if you are, similar, but that's, yes, that's a definitely. gift to enjoy talking, <laughs> yeah. but you have four boys. So I don't know if that might be, is this like, has this been an outlet for you? Yeah. I have in my strength finders profile achiever in my top 10, mm-hmm. but not achiever. Like I need to do better than you, mm-hmm. but achiever and that I need to get things done that stay done. Yep. And so boys <laughs> are never done. <laughs> yeah. So I, I need a, a something else to put my energy into that gives me that sense of achievement mm-hmm. when parenting really doesn't offer that. Yeah. That, so I don't uh, make them my projects. <laughs> I totally, totally identify with that. And everyone who's listening knows, cause I say this all the time, but I'm a three on the Enneagram. I don't know if you know your number there. I'm a four wing three. So okay. I have that you do. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I've never done strength finders, but I, I would love to do it. I've heard awesome things. No, it's really, it really is good. And it often goes along with what Enneagram says. It's just a different framework right. to kind of pull it all together. Yeah, totally. And it's really helpful. If they, I think they lowered their prices on getting all 34 strengths mm-hmm. and it's helpful to see your, the strengths that are at the bottom of the list mm-hmm. um, for myself. There are a lot of weaknesses that I can find and point out and sometimes wishing I was better at certain things. And then when you get that long list of the strengths and see that, man, those things at the bottom probably are never going to be at the top. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) instead of trying to put my energy into being better at those things at the bottom of the list to just focus on the top 10 and how to really maximize those strengths. Yeah. Yeah. And then even giving you freedom to invite other people into your life or your work or whatever it may be to, to fill those gaps instead of I've got to somehow try and be all of the things because that as an achiever for me, that is often where I go is, okay, what am I not not good at? Okay. I've got to get good at that. And it's like, you're saying, I'm probably never going to be the best at, you know, fill in the blank, like being patient. And it doesn't mean I don't, it doesn't mean I don't try and be more patient and grow in, you know, whatever that's maybe that's a bad example. Cause that's like actually a command in the Bible, <laughs> like a fruit of the spirit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's, I'm trying to hear I'm trying but to for me, it's, for me, it's focus. It's not one of my top 10. Yeah. So yeah. I, but one of my top 10 is adaptability. Mm. So instead of wondering why am I not more focused on my tasks? I have to realize that my strength of adaptability works really well with podcasting. It works really well with blending motherhood and work. Mm-hmm. I'm not bothered if my kids interrupt something because I don't really have a plan and I'm not really <laughs> focused in on finishing it till completion. Yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't bug me. My husband has focus high. And so even over the break, he and I were working on computers early in the morning before the kids were up. And it was, I think, I think it was Black Friday and I saw a deal and I was calling him over to look at it. And I was supposed to be working on something else, but I ended up on a Black Friday deal because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what happens. Yep. Squirrel. Um, and I called him over and I could sense he was starting to get frustrated. And he says, I'm just not so good at going back and forth between things like, yeah. like you are. Yeah. And whereas I can sometimes see it as, a negative thing, mm-hmm. um, just recognizing and letting that go mm-hmm. and embracing what is good at the, the balcony mm-hmm. uh, of my strength rather than worrying about why I'm not good at the things that are at the bottom of the list. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine I would be high on the focus because I am like, well, I guess it just depends, but I, I am like challenged by interruptions. Like I'm like, okay, it took me so long or maybe it's, maybe it's like a struggle for me to get focused. So when I finally am, I'm like, oh, now, you know, I have to go stop. And it's mm-hmm. frustrating for me, whether mm-hmm. it's just a, a question from my husband or my kids being like, can you fix this? You know? Yeah. It yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I got to do that. Um, and we're not really here to talk about personality tests, but I, uh, but I, your husband is actually like a facilitator. Is that the word? A strength finders coach. Coach. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, he, but I mean, that his main job, he's a COO of a company, right? He's an entrepreneur. Okay. And so we've had a, he's had a lot of different jobs, but there yeah. was a season where I could tell he was really enjoying that. And he was between things. And I just said, it would be really cool if you could become a coach. And mm-hmm. so he did and kind of became like a fractional CFO for mm-hmm. about five different companies, wow. different little startups that couldn't afford a full-time CFO. And so he worked at different places every day. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I do something a little bit similar with my web design and marketing business, but on the marketing and website for small businesses, that's kind of what I do. So yeah. Yeah. So what we talked about kind of in, in thinking about what this conversation would look like today was the concept of boldness and what that means to be bold. And I think this is a topic that is really challenging sometimes for for me for women who are in the space of you know of the church and, and are seeking to be like submissive and guided by the spirit and be you know obedient to what the calling is that God are giving them in their lives but at the same time knowing like how do i know when i'm being called to something or when i'm being given an opportunity that I need to take and grab hold of and step into. And, and this whole idea, I mean, I encountered a whole lot in my own personal life with 
my business, being an entrepreneur, and then I coach other female entrepreneurs. And it's a topic that, you know, it, it comes up almost every single conversation we have, whether we're talking about your brand or your audience or whatever, because there's this idea that, you know, you have to, you actually have to step out and kind of declare something and be bold and like, what are you doing and who are you and what are you offering? And that whole idea when it comes to business. But I think when it comes to personality and and just your own personal life as well, it's a really challenging thing to sometimes understand how should my heart be like oriented around this? And like what, you know, we know that the Bible tells us to, to stand, to stand strong and be bold in your faith. But when that actually comes out to like working out in practical real life, that can be a little more confusing, I think, and a little more vague of, of how that works out. So I'm curious from your perspective of having, you know, I mean, we could even just start with one area, like your podcast, like you started five years ago. Did you feel like the podcast was a calling that you were, I mean, you said you were going to write a book, but did you start with that as I feel like I'm being led to do this and this is an act of obedience or was it like, this is a passion and excitement for me and I want to do it. And then you check with God and he says, okay, or like, how does that, how did that work for you just in that one area of your life? So I think before I even get into all that, um, a few things Mm -hmm. that I've learned in interviewing some people that I think are helpful and even the language that we use around this. Uh, One guest I had on, her name is Kat Armstrong. Mm -hmm. I'm actually in a coaching group with her where she's helping coach us in and preaching basically in exegetical um, sermons. And so she came on the show talking about motherhood, calling and identity. And she, she was like, I'm so fired up about this. And now since she's told me I'm fired up about it, she said, we need to differentiate between a calling and an assignment. Mm -hmm. So calling, if we're a follower of Jesus, is the same for all of us. Jesus gave us one call Mm -hmm. to go and make disciples. So done. We're check. Check it off your list. You don't have to worry anymore about what's my calling? What's my calling? That is your calling. Mm -hmm. Assignment is where you do that. And for me personally, that has been from when I used to work with kids with cochlear implants and did speech language pathology with them, when I had students at a university and taught phonetics, when I was a stay-at-home mom and had clients come into my home every once in a while, when I worked with mops and uh, was in charge of registration and welcoming new moms in who didn't have community, uh, when I wrote on my site and I would share what God was teaching me and disciple women through what he was teaching me. And then even the leading thinking I was going to write a book and realizing that God was actually assigning me to a place that 10 years ago wasn't even an option. There were no podcasts before. So I couldn't have dreamed up or thought about, wow, really one day I'd love to have a podcast. It was just me being in close relationship with God, trusting the gifts and the strengths, the skills that he's given me the experience I already had online and the relationships I had and the time and place where podcasting at the time and even now was something I had time for because of the fact that it was a few hours a week that I could fit in between naps back then five years ago and now kids at school and trusting him with all the marketing and all the other things that I didn't have space for knowing that he's capable with the outcomes So I wouldn't say it was this big, like, oh, I feel called to a podcast. I'm not really a strategic thinker. I don't think long-term. I'm not making this master plan. But I think it's this leaning and trusting where God has you. I feel burdened for young moms who feel like they need to start a non-for-profit or do something big or have an online presence in order to have worth. Mm -hmm. I think instead, there's so much... I'm grateful for and the fact that I didn't have social media when my kids were little, that I could create the real community that I needed to support me in a time when my kids were little, that I did have outlets outside of parenting, but I spent a lot of time with them. And for me, I always love kids. That's where my giftings were. And I loved doing crafts. I loved having story time with my kids. I loved teaching them sign language. I loved those things. And when I was little, I used to play mom. So for me, being a mom Mm -hmm. was what I'd always felt that was my assignment that I couldn't wait for. And if I would have allowed other things to sabotage that, I think now, now that I have a 13 year old, I would have a lot more regrets than I do. Yeah, I look back and know that I fully embraced that assignment when I was in it and didn't have as many distractions Mm -hmm. pulling me away. 
Yeah. Cause it's real that it's totally what you're saying about, I mean, growing up with social media, first of all, cause I have, I have grown up with social media and then growing, growing children with social media is a whole nother thing. I mean, it, it's made motherhood so different for those that are actually, you know, that are on there. I mean, I actually do have a friend in my neighborhood who literally doesn't have Instagram. And and sometimes I'm like, how do you not do that? But then I'm like, you know, she's probably happier because she doesn't have yeah. to work. There's a lot of moms at our school that don't. And they're they're living a great life. They're good. But it's it's again, it's not judging the ones that do or judging the ones that don't. It's right. leaning into how God has equipped you and and assigned you for for right now. Um, I think for moms who worked outside the home and are feeling pulled to stay home, there's always this, am I going to miss out? If I pull back from that career, am I going to miss out on the promotions? Am I going to miss out on what God has for me? And fear is a thing that I've always struggled with and fear of missing out Mm -hmm. for sure. Again, goes along with the social media. But even the fear of missing out on opportunities, Mm -hmm. um, if we pull back as women, are we going to miss out on that thing that God has for us? And for me, the truth that God gave me to replace that when that comes into my mind, when I start to feel this need to hustle or this jealousy of other people's opportunities, he whispers, if you're in the middle of my will, you're never missing out. Mm-hmm. And if this is what you feel is my will based on our relationship and the fact that you're meeting with me every day and you're reading my word and you're asking before you act and you're trusting me instead of your efforts, that opportunity will come. And I was reading in for Samuel, I was told, telling you this with David, David's just like tending sheep. He's not thinking, Someday I'm going to be king. Someday I'm going to kill a giant. Someday right. I'm going to play music for a king who's like being tormented by an evil spirit. He's not thinking all those things like, man, so-and-so just got promoted or so-and-so. I just saw they got this big gig. Right. He's doing the thing right in front of him, slaying bears and lions and just growing in his skills that God is going to use. He's building his character. He's developing his heart. We're told he is a heart. He was a man after God's own heart. And wouldn't you know, like twice in a row, Samuel first shows up and anoints him as king. And then Saul, you know, some people hear about David and his skills in playing. So it is about developing our skills. They hear about it. And they're like, you should really check out this guy. I think that music's really going to help you out. And so Saul calls him up into his court. So I think we have to trust that God's an awesome promoter and he's great at providing opportunities and we don't have to hustle and we don't have to strive and network, but it also doesn't mean that we do nothing, right? Right. The people in the Bible, they are in their place, in the assignment between their two feet, doing what God has in front of them, whether it's loving your babies, whether it's caring for an elderly parent, whether it's whatever it feels like a prison, that God-given space can sometimes feel like a prison. It's worshiping God in the midst of it. Like Paul in his prison cell, he was chained by his ankles. He definitely could not get up and go to the bathroom. So you moms get that in privacy. He was chained. He was in the inner prison and he was praying and praising God. And what's great is the God of the universe who created life and who created all things can literally shake prison walls and he can set people free. And what I love is even though those walls fell down to the prison, Paul didn't get up and just leave right away. Mm-hmm. He waited until he was released in peace, which was several days later after the jailer's life was saved, his salvation was secured, his family's salvation was secured. And then Paul was granted to leave in peace. And so sometimes whatever that place is that we're assigned and can feel like a prison and we have to choose our attitude in it. And then we can trust God to do the next thing and release us in peace instead of just trying to get out as fast as we can. Mm, Yeah, that's so good. I have never... I never equated that like Paul leaving the prison cell to us leaving, you know, maybe a season or a time or a place in our own lives that we feel, you know, okay, I see my out. I see it. I'm going to take it. I'm going to run. And, and just like you said, like leaving in peace, like what would it look like to, to do that instead of to whatever, you know, maybe shirk the responsibility that you, you finally see an out because it isn't as much about the, what we're doing as the, how we're doing it, you know, and, and how we're going about doing that thing. And yeah, and I'm glad you all the way back to 
you know, when you were talking about calling, I'm glad that you made that differentiation because I do, I actually remember that episode and I think I'm still trying to work that into my own belief system, you know, like into the way that I actually think about myself, because it's so easy to get caught up and be like, this is the place I've been given, the thing I've been given to do. This is my calling. Like, and if that's taken away, then what? Oh no, then I've got to find a new calling. But you know, that's a 100% true that my calling is not to be a marketing professional or web designer or to host a podcast. My calling is to love God and love people and make disciples. And yeah, I think it's something that we have to practice in preaching that truth to ourselves over and over until it becomes our first response instead of, oh yeah, oh yeah, like correction, you know, because for me, I'm still at that, I, I do feel like I'm I'm still preaching that truth to myself on a regular basis so that I don't get caught up in the thing, whatever the thing is, whether it's my work or the podcast or or any any one thing, you know, even good things like even leadership at church or leading a small group or BSF. I mean, all the things it's like, you you can start to be like, well, this is, you know, this is my role. You need me. Everybody needs me here. And, and it, then it becomes all about us. And that's not, yeah, that's just, uh, it undermines the true purpose of what God has for us in that place. And he has been faithful to teach me that lesson over and over again. And I guess he will continue to until I stop needing to learn it. But yeah, I mean, he even did that in a very, very tangible way with having me sell one of my businesses this summer. And walking away from that was like a very tangible, just undertaking, I guess, a a tangible experience of what it really means to to discover that the thing we're doing is not what we're called to. And it's not who we are. It doesn't um, have any bearing on our identity, you know, because if we are daughters and if we find our identity in him, then, then what we're doing can flow out of that, but it can't pour into that in a sense. Yeah. I think, um, what God's been teaching me through motherhood and through all of this is how much pride I bring into what I'm doing. Like it depends on me. Mm -hmm. So if I'm failing or if I mess up, then the whole thing is to pieces. And he's, he's shaped my understanding of pride and humility. And it's not something we really like to talk about. It feels yucky. Who wants to be who wants to think of themselves as proud? You know, mm-hmm. all of us, it's at the root of all sin. And mm-hmm. if sin is God, I'm going to do it my way. Like, I don't need you. I already know. Um, it's kind of the attitude, like I've got this. And it used to be that I believe humility was less of me, more of God. And he has kind of shaped that definition for me to more the Jewish traditional definition, which is to fully occupy your God-given space. And so in doing that, I might need to shrink a little bit Mm -hmm. and I might need to swell. And so the shrinking process is me recognizing what's out of my control and what's in my control. And that comes to my kids, that comes to my business. And then the swelling for me, since I'm the reluctant entrepreneur, is really embracing the place he has me and the gifts he's given me and the opportunities he's bringing. And where I tend towards weakness and not having a lot of confidence, he has asked me to lean into the word boldness, like you brought up at the beginning of the conversation for 2019. And to realize after reading through the book of Acts, that when the disciples were given the Holy Spirit over and over and over and over and over again, the word boldness is used Mm -hmm. and it's not for their own promotion and it's not for their own comfort and it's not for their own personal success, but it's boldness in who God is and the truth of the gospel. And so even David going back to first Samuel, even his boldness and stepping up to Goliath was not about, you know, some of the men told him, Hey, if you beat this guy, you're going to get riches and a wife and you'll be in the King's palace. He said, yeah, but this guy's messing with our God. So his, his core root and motivation was about right-sizing his life to realize someone is going against our God and we have the ability, I have the skills and the ability to fight against that. And so in boldness, he went in his presence and he said, God's going to deliver. He had confidence in who God was and used his skills to execute, but his core boldness came from his faith. And that was bigger than the fear that all the other men had. And the same with Paul and 
in Acts. It was not this boldness because of the skills he brought to the table, but a boldness in who God was and who Jesus was and the transformation he'd already seen in his own life. And so that's what I'm feeling pulled towards is to not think that I need to muster this confidence and boldness. Um, Sometimes I think some women in business, it's this false confidence Mm -hmm. that they feel like they have to for people to take them seriously and their own skills and that they have it all together and we can see right through it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when it's confidence in who God is, we know he's not going to fail and we're not so powerful that we can mess up his plans. Um, We're under (laughs) a false sense of understanding. If we think we're that powerful, that we're going to mess up our kid's destiny, that we're, that we're somehow capable of ruining Mm -hmm. the business he's, he's granted us and assigned us to, he's bigger than that. And so, yeah, yeah. You're talking about your faith is only as strong as the object that it is placed in. And so Mm -hmm. when it's placed in God and, and, and you actually have a right understanding of who the God is that you serve, you can have all boldness. You can have all faith and all confidence in him because you know, he is who he says he is every time. He never fails. Yeah. He never he never doesn't deliver on his own promises or on his own will. You know, his will cannot be thwarted. I mean, there is no one, not us, not the devil, not anybody, that ultimately overpower, overturn, or upset the will of God and his divine purposes. And when we really believe that and we know him personally, I think faith becomes it's it's not so much as something, like you said, we have to muster. It's just something that flows out of, like, I know God. I don't have to muster a faith. I, I am, my faith flows out of who I know him to be, you know, and, and that's very different than, you know, trying to tell yourself to just have faith or just to hold on a little longer, whatever, the, just the way that, that culture in the world tells us to, you know, keep your chin up and, uh, you know, have a positive outlook on life. I mean, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I just think that's really hard for people like me who are just um, destined to be forever pessimists and always see, see the glass half full. You know, I don't have to have faith just because I ha- I trust that all things are going to work out in the end, you know, magically by fate, but I, I can, ha- I can have faith. I'm empowered to have faith because I know who God is and I trust him. You know, I don't trust my own ability or, or my own aspirations for a good outcome. And I think that faith comes from a working out and that working out comes from putting ourselves in places where we are not able to orchestrate what we want to happen. It takes us out of comfort zones. It takes us out of control. And for me, four boys took me way out of my comfort zone and my control. Mm-hmm. I quickly learned that I cannot control them. And, you know, even this whole rebranding felt really out of my control and risky. And if something's working, why am I messing with it? But just couldn't shake the leading that God had. And uh, I don't know why, and I'll never know fully why, but just trusting that I am not so powerful that I can mess it up. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, so you've been a mom, how 13 years, your oldest is 13. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How have you seen your understanding of you know, you talked about calling an assignment, but how have you under, how have you seen your own understanding of your calling an assignment in light of what we talked about shift over those 13 years? Obviously this is something that changes with the seasons, but where did, where did you start as a young mom? Like you were, you shared how you did love being a mom. So you weren't necessarily like, Oh, you know, what's on the other side of this mountain? What's on the other side of this hill? But yet at the same time, did share that that it wasn't, you know, being a mom didn't really necessarily scratch that itch of achieving or doing. How have you seen your understanding kind of shift of what calling an assignment mean? I would say when I wanted to be a mom from forever, and then I got my degree in zero to three childhood development and speech pathology, I thought once he was born, I'd be super awesome. <laughs> like amazing. And it would, my identity would be completely fulfilled. And I think day one, uh, that was made clear that I wasn't, I didn't even know my water was broken. (laughs) So (laughs) that was awesome. Uh, I had to have the doctor, actually I was at church and a nurse friend who's an L and D nurse. She said, I said, can your water break like a little bit? And she said, yeah. 
and they can test it and let you know. And they tested and they're like, well, we're not sure. And they tried another test and they're like, yeah, it is. Wow. So it had been like almost 24 hours, which all of the yeah people tell you is dangerous. So I'm already messing up before I'd even <laughs> birthed him. And then he was like nine and a half pounds, oh, gigantic. Wow. Wow. And then he had major reflux, like would lose his entire meal mm. after I fed him and, and would scream for hours because of the pain. Oh my gosh. Um, and he was very sensitive to um, a lot of people that came over when we first had him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was in my closet crying, holding him, rocking him while he's screaming with all my in-laws and sister-in-law, you know, all of the extended family downstairs having lunch and feeling like a failure. Mm-hmm. I, they all looked to me like as this expert because this is what I did for a job, worked with babies. And here I had this baby and I couldn't calm him down. I didn't know what to do to help him be happy. And so right away, God's saying, you need me. (laughs) You need other people. I think after the first night at home and waking up every couple hours and I thought, is this how the rest of my life is going to be? I felt so defeated and what did I sign up for? And this is not the fulfillment that I thought it would be. And then in walked, I think my mother-in-law and my mom with breakfast. And I just felt this, oh my goodness, I need other people. I can't do this all by myself. And then from that point, just, you know, again and again and again, God repeated that lesson that just when I would feel confident in myself as a mom and my skills, I would get kicked in the gut again about I'd get it. I get a harder kid or a kid with a different issue or so many kids in such a short amount of time that my dependence on him and my dependence on others was made very, very clear. And, and just, you know, the calling versus assignment, I think I kind of mentioned just all the different positions that he's given me outside of motherhood. But I think even motherhood, if we really look at our full lifeline from birth to when we die, it's such a blip on the radar. It's mm-hmm. such a short assignment. It can feel like forever when they're little and in our home. And so we busy ourselves with things that take up a majority of our days. And I think we're missing it. I think it's important. It's not essential, but to all of our culture, if moms would really embrace how important it is, I think we'd see a lot of issues that come up in our culture go away. And so I never want to devalue the role of a mom and the assignment of a mom. Uh, It doesn't mean she can't do things outside the house, but I know women who have full-time corporate jobs that are also doing an amazing job as moms. And that's just how God's gifted them. And uh, I think we have to trust him that we don't have to hustle outside the home to get our worth, hustle in the home with projects and perfection and PTA Mm -hmm. um, roles to be a good mom. Like a good mom is trusting God with your kids, loving and enjoying them and surrendering the rest. I think if we could really love and enjoy our kids and disciple them, they're the ones who know us most intimately. They're the ones we are going to have the greatest impact on their understanding of the concepts of love and who God is and them even seeing us at our worst and us, them learning forgiveness and them learning reconciliation and all these concepts of grace and mercy are all going to happen under our roof. And no matter what ministry you're a part of, no matter what you're doing, that is the most intimate ministry you're going to be a part of. So in regards to calling an assignment, it's definitely one of them and a one that has legacy ripple effects. Yeah, People may not ever remember that I taught at a university for a semester, but my kids are going to go on and they're going to have kids and they're going to have families and they're going to have family. It's going to go on mm-hmm. for generations. So it's the one assignment that has a legacy effect. Yeah. I thought about that recently because back before I even started the podcast, I remember being like, you know, one of the fears I had was like, what if it's just a big waste of time? Because I don't like wasting time. I'm very, I love efficiency. I love doing things once the right way, get it done. I don't like having to go back over, which, you know, obviously kids are perfect for that. And I remember my husband asking me, if you encourage or impact the life of one person, is it worth it? And I was like, yes, yes. I would step out on this ledge and, you know, commit the time and the energy and the resources and all of that 
just if that message of hope and grace in someone's work in motherhood made a difference for them. Yes, I would do that. And I realized the other day that I think, you know, God answered that prayer so quickly for me and that that desire of my heart because the one person that it impacted was myself. You know, the the one person that it actually that was almost immediately really challenged to draw near to him and depend on him and reorient and like come back to him over and over. And instead of my hope in my work or my performance or what I could do or, or who I could impact or what I could share, like was, this is about you. This is, you know, my, my work in you is about like, I am bringing you closer to myself. Like I will draw you back to me, even if it means calling you to something that you're not equipped for. Or, or asking you to step into something that feels scary or that you can't be efficient at and that you can't be profitable in right away. And so that was a really cool realization for me. Like, of course, I know that there's more than one person that has been impacted at this point, but it's just neat to see like that it does come back to that for us. And, and that even like you're saying in our own households, we can so often look past the little people. I mean, and it's easy for me because they're like less than three feet tall <laughs> to um, to look past them to bigger and better things. And okay, well, you know, something as stupid as, as social media, you know, getting, getting your sites focused on like, how am I engaging and how am I helping or how am I encouraging? Like, what am I going to share today that's going to change, you know, that someone's going to really resonate with. And instead of looking past that kid who's like, nagging me for something. And I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on, you know, a million times. And I'm not saying that, you know, there's anything wrong with having a social media account. That's not the point, but it's just, it's so easy to forget that like, that is the one person that I am the only person that can be their mom. And that's, that always takes priority over anything else I'm doing. And if this particular assignment ever interferes with my ability to do that to the best of my ability, then I need to seriously talk with God about whether I should still be doing it. You know, it, it, that's how I feel anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a constantly checking in with God about our motivations and what's distracting us and where are we with our kids and how are, how are we connected with their hearts and, and recognizing the whole like shrink or swell thing, right? Sizing our life is sometimes moms can turn so towards their kids mm-hmm. that they aren't I think our our mom's generation did this. They neglected their mm-hmm. gifts yep. and they neglected different assignments God was giving them because they thought being a good mom was keeping a good home mm-hmm. and keeping their kids happy, which we can never make someone happy. We can provide an environment that's warm and loving, but we can't make them happy. Yeah. And we're not a successful mom if all our kids are happy. But I think what we've seen with a lot of those moms, or I've seen it, through my church and mentors that I've had is struggles they now have as a, as adults with codependency and letting go and finding identity outside of family. And mm-hmm. uh, I used to be in a knitting group. Don't be jealous. <laughs> so jealous. I you. actually, I did try my hand at knitting and I, I forgot within like a week of learning how to do it. Well, we would sit around a circle and uh, we met like once a month or something for years. And a lot of the women that were in that group had had more years since their kids were out of the house than they ever had kids in their house. Mm. And it was, I was just starting off and having my first and it made me realize, you know, to continue to grow my marriage, continue to grow my relationship with God, continue to grow the gifts he's given me and to model that for my kids because they all have gifts too. And if I never show them how they can grow them and how they can use them for God's kingdom and, they won't look for their own assignments. Yeah. They will just think that the world's all about their comfort and the world's mm-hmm. all about their convenience. And I'm actually shortchanging their ability to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good reminder that living into the things that you have particularly been gifted in is only going to be a good thing for your kids when you are actually connected to God in that and not, you know, pursuing your own achievement or glory or whatever, but when you're rightly oriented. So do you find it challenging to not vacillate between the extreme, which maybe would be like hustle or doing or that, that concept. And then, you know, the opposite of like lethargy or laziness as you are. I mean, I know it's not even 2019 yet, but I'm sure you've already been thinking about this and, you know, considering what that's going to look like for you. Can you kind of share how moms 
and women could actually bring that into a right place because I boldness is a is a biblical concept but I, I feel that we often are just on one extreme or the other either I everything I do is on me and I've got to make it happen or nothing I do matters I can't change anything anyway so I'm just not going to do anything you know it's kind of one or the other I think this is where having a personal relationship with God is so valuable because at any given moment he's the one that corrects us and helps us shrink or swell and so If my go-to and your go-to is to achieve and we struggle with trusting God with the outcomes, then for us, it might look like Sabbath and it might be look like six weeks on of work and one week off or six months on and one month off. And I found when I've taken those Sabbaths, this just happened to me um, a month ago. I launched the business and did a live event and had all these like big to-dos and lots of approval coming at me. And then when I took my Sabbath, I was realizing how much I was leaning on those things for my worth. Mm -hmm. And so the Sabbath reminds us that we're loved as we are and not by what we do. And it's, we're human beings, not human doings. And so the word Sabbath is to cease. And so it's this rest place that my go-to is not to rest. It's to strive and to work and to get that approval from people that I'm looking for that can only come from God. So for me, that's where I have to lean into God and say, where is my heart and do the check and let him lead me to whatever he wants for me to kind of release the hold of that idol or right-size my life for that moment. Right. For someone else who's maybe an Enneagram nine and they tend towards um, the sloth or they're thinking, well, it doesn't really matter or um, it's too hard and I don't want to rustle feathers. Their journey with God may look different and he may call them into something where they need to swell a little bit and trust that they do have value and that they do have gifts. And And it doesn't have to be on a big platform. It may be calling that neighbor. It may be um, mm-hmm. offering to watch friends' kids. It, it doesn't have to be a huge thing. So to trust whatever God's leading them personally. But I don't think it's this prescriptive thing. That's what I love about that definition of humility. It's fully occupying your God-given space, the the space that God's giving you, not the space that Instagram's giving you, the shoulds. Should is not a sustainable why. It's not going to keep you going. If you think you should anything, that's not going to last. I should do Advent with my kids is not going to keep you going mid-December when everyone's screaming and you, um, no one wants to do it. Mm-hmm. If you personally are motivated to pause and reflect and remember the story of Jesus, that's a sustainable why. But nothing I say is going to cause you to keep going if it's not from God and it's not motivated by what you believe you're, you're being assigned to do. Yeah, that's really good. And in order to know what that space that God has given us, like you said, we have to talk with him. Like Nobody else yeah. can tell us that. And no one, like you said, no affirmation from the world or even, even the affirmation that you are finding success in what you're doing. Now, maybe that is what God is using to kind of push you forward in, in that particular assignment, whether that's you know, your business is is going well and it's it's actually thriving and he keeps giving you more and more opportunities. And maybe that is the indicator that, you know, yes, this is great. Like keep going. But at the same point, like success can also be a complete distraction from what we should be doing. And it doesn't always mean keep going in that direction. Sometimes there's a different path that we we ultimately end up taking. Think about Jesus, like his God-given space was in the form of a baby not very fancy Mm -hmm. and to the smallest tribe and in a stable. So not very exciting. He's at the height of his ministry and he's called to a cross. He's assigned to another space. Mm -hmm. And so we have to say, was it a success? Like what is success? And Mm -hmm. he had three main dudes and 12 Mm -hmm. close friends and disciples and his ministry continued for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. So I think we have to reflect on the fact that once again, shrink Mm -hmm. and realize Mm -hmm. that sometimes even the most successful things, God's calling us to shelve for a little while. Yeah. Allie Worthington, she had her big, huge blogger conference and God asked her to stop it for a while and she obeyed. And now he's Mm -hmm. calling her to pick it back up. I mean, we just don't, we just aren't 
that in tune with all that's going on in all of the universe yeah. to know what he's up to. So, Because Jesus could have heard the cries from all the people asking and begging him to be the earthly king. Like that's what right. they wanted from him was right. like elevation promotion. Yeah. Yeah. That looked yeah. like, you know, by any, you know, by all accounts from our perspective, we would see that as, Oh my gosh, like you did it. <laughs> you finally, they want you as king. Like they're going to crown you. They're going to put you on the throne. You're going to be in charge. Like that's what, that's what you wanted. Right. And obviously he's Jesus. So he knew that wasn't his final destination and he wasn't going to be king of that time and place, but king of the universe. And a very different calling is what achieved God's will in that time and place. So I love that example, just that, yeah, but I mean, how could he have known? I mean, other than him being God, like how he had to know because he was one with his father and he was in communion with God. But here's the deal. He was also fully human. Yeah. So when I was actually in Israel with a group a couple years ago and in the Garden of Gethsemane, and I'd lost my dad that year and was, you know, everyone gives you this, oh, it's okay, you'll see him in heaven kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And you're still grieving, right? And Jesus was in that garden grieving. Fully God knew how this turned out. He will resurrect. He he will overcome. He even knows things that haven't even happened yet that we haven't even seen fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And yet he cried to the point of bleeding, bleeding tears. Mm -hmm. And so it's okay for us in that place where we're asked to give something up that we think looks like success to trust God. Even though we know the success is coming, we can grieve the loss of it and and give ourselves. It's okay to be sad that that part is over for moms whose kids are going out of the house or the loss of that career. And you're grieving the loss of this next stage and you're jumping into motherhood. It's okay to be sad about that. That is in between. You don't quite know what's coming. It feels like you're missing out. It's okay. Jesus gets it. He even grieved and he knew, he knows how it all turns out. I love it. That's truth. And it's freeing because yeah, you can't deny, um, you don't have to be governed by your feelings, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't feel them. You know, you, you, it's okay to feel your feelings, but don't be completely They're indicators. They're indicators. They're not dictators, but they can be indicators of something that's going on. Yeah. It's really good. Well, Heather, thank you so much for your encouragement for this audience and these moms that, yeah, just I know so many of them look up to you and admire you and you're a wealth of wisdom and knowledge. And I know that, like you said, that has not come without some hard fought battles. And I'm just grateful to have had a chance to chat with you and and learn from you. So thank you. Thank you for letting me share here and externally process what God's teaching me. Yeah. Maybe I can eventually write that book and be bold about it. Uh, yeah, I would love that. I would love for you to write a book. Um, <laughs> do you, we'll is it we'll still see. kind of details topic in the works, all of that? Yeah, no, I have, I don't even have a proposal. Okay. I, I have to get up the confidence to even put it in a proposal. So that's, that's where God and I are right now. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, be bold. <laughs> be bold. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. Not yeah. because of your own ability, but because no, of it's going to be 1000% him. Yeah, for sure. Oh, for that's sure. awesome. Well, that's exciting. Thank you again. And I, I'm sure most people probably already are following you, but in case they are not, where can people find you online? Uh, everything is don't mom alone. Don't mom alone.com and on Instagram and on Facebook. Cool. Twitter. Well, Twitter might still be God Center Mom. Okay. It might be. Yeah. Who's on Twitter? (laughs) I'm not on Twitter. (laughs) I didn't switch that one over. Yeah. Well, thank you again and have a great rest of your day. All right. Thanks, Haley. All right. It's good to chat with you. If you have not left a rating or review for us on iTunes, would you mind taking 30 seconds to do that? Those ratings and reviews are how iTunes basically decides what content is worth featuring or showing as a recommended show, and they're meaningful, they make a difference, and I'm so grateful for every single one. All right, guys, I'll see you here next week. Bye. Bye.